still shows up here every time we're here to praise him, right? This is his service. It's not our service. It's not about us. But he will lead us and guide us and teach us through these, through these times of getting together and, and, and encourage us, right? So God gave me this message this week in one word. He gave me one word earlier in the week, or earlier in the week and the word was trust. Trust. He just said one word, trust. And I, and I got to thinking about that word, trust. And, and we trust in the Lord. And I preached, I said, God, but I preached, you know, just a few months ago for Father's Day, I preached trust in my father. And, and he said back that word to me again, trust. Trust, right? So trust is faith. I got to thinking about that. We trust in the Lord, but, but, but trust is faith. And, and how do you trust in the Lord? You know, there was a question that came up for the Bible study. You know, how do I know that my words are faith-filled? And, and how do I know that my faith is working for me? And, and, and trust is faith. We just have to trust in God in those things. But we have to trust in the Lord and we have to, to build our faith. But how do we do those things, right? How do we do that? How do we trust in the Lord? How do we learn to trust the Lord? How do we, how do we build our faith up? And, and we have to have a, re, a renewed mind, like Brenda was saying earlier, we have to have a renewed mind. Our, our thinking has to be different than it was when we lived in the world to be able to trust fully in God, to lean completely on him, right? So <clears throat> I looked up the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is the first thing that came to my mind. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I looked up that word trust right there. And the word trust in the Hebrew means to trust, to trust in, to have confidence, to be confident. Now think about how confident that you would be in your everyday life if you completely trusted in God. If you knew that he was there for you all the time, think of the confidence. It means to, to, to be bold, to be secure. Think about the confidence and, 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 the, and the security that you would have and, and the boldness that we would have if we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew that God was there all the time. Think about it. If we were completely trusted in him, right? It also means to, to, to feel safe, to cause to trust or make secure, to, be, to, be, to feel safe, I mean to say, to feel safe or to be careless, not to care about anything, right? People tell you all the time, be careful, be careful. But if we're trusting the Lord, what do we have to care about? He's got it, right? He's got us all right in the palm of his hand. He's already provided everything that we're ever going to need. It goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In every way, every aspect of your life, lean on him, right? Realize that he's there all the time. And he shall, doesn't say he may, right? Doesn't say he might. Doesn't say he'll do it for some people. It says if you trust in God with all your heart, with everything that you've got, and lean not on your own understanding, and acknowledge him in all of your ways, in everything, give him it all, sold out to him, right? Lean on him in every aspect of your life. He shall. He, God shall. Right? Do we even get that right there? He shall direct your paths. Think about that right there. I took the liberty to look up that word right there, direct, for you. In the Hebrew, it means to smooth or straighten things out. Now, if we have trust in God, he'll smooth and straighten out our path. Right? That's an awesome thing right there. We can quit right there, right? Because trust is exactly what that is. We have to trust completely in him. God is our refuge. We need to understand this, church. God is our refuge. God is our shelter. God is our provider. He's our peace. Our, he's our joy. He's our victory, right? He's our source. He's not a source. He's the source. Amen? God is the source of everything that we're ever going to need. If we trust with all of our heart, if we trust in him, if we lean on him, he'll let us go out. He'll, try, he'll let us try to take a big bite off the apple and see what we can accomplish on our own. But if we trust in him... He'll be all those things for us. He'll be our provider. He's there for us. He wants to smooth the road out for us, right? 
if we knew what was up ahead, if, if we knew that God was up ahead of us, smoothing out the path, wouldn't we have a little more confidence in it, in tomorrow? Even in the rest of the day? We'd have a boldness about us, right? Think about it. If he's smoothing out the path and, and, and straightening things out, we, we would be confident. We, we would walk with our chest puffed out. Not in my own ability, because we walk it that way sometimes. They call that arrogance, right? But if it's in God's ability, what we know that God's doing for us, if, if, if our faith is in him, because we trust in him, we believe in him, that he's going to take care of it all. He already has taken care of it. He's already laid everything out in front of us. Nothing's going to happen next week that's going to surprise God. Right? You're not going to wake up in the morning and turn your television set and see what's going on in the world and God say, man, I didn't see that one coming. That's not going to happen. He's already laid it all out there. He, Jesus already paid the price once and for all for everything. God's already created everything. He gave us, he gave us what he gave us. He gave us the authority. Right? He, 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 he's called us to be his children. He, he, he sent his son to reconcile us back to him that we could have this relationship, and he wants us to trust in him. That's what he's telling us this week. Trust. Just trust in me. Be my child, right? Why wouldn't you be confident if you knew that God was out in front of you? That's what the word says, right? If we'd really get that down in, inside of us and understand that God's out in front of us smoothing out the path, it's going to be all right. doesn't matter what it looks like. It's going to be okay. God's out in front of us. It might look bad. It might sound bad. But God's in control. He's out ahead of you smoothing. Why wouldn't you be confident in that? Have complete trust and have com complete faith in him, right? If we had complete, complete trust and complete faith in him, we'd be careless. Who cares what the enemy brings against me? Who cares what other people think about me? Right? Who cares what the governors do or what the government does? Right? But God's in control. We should be praying for those people, but God's in control because we trust him. It's not in our mind. We wouldn't be in our mind. That's where we live at a lot of times is in our mind, and we understand what we can do for ourselves or what my employer is going to do for me. Right? Or what the doctor can do for me. And I'm not saying it's, I'm not preaching against jobs or doctors, but I'm saying you've got to understand that God is the one that's in control. He's the one that we've got to trust in. Not Ford Motor Company, not wherever you work at, but in God. Right? Trust. I'm still talking about trust. But how do we get there? Think about it. How do we get there? We, 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 we want to be that way. And, and we have seasons where we're better at it, but then we all fall back a little bit. We all try to do things on our own. We all try to figure it out on our own, right? We might even ask someone else if they can help us. Think about how silly that is. It's okay to ask for help, but you get what I'm saying. To depend on a person more than you depend on God. Think about how silly that, that, that sounds. But how do we get there? How do we get there where we depend on God all the time? To completely lean on him and completely, he's had me preach about trust a couple times in the last few months, so it must be a pretty big deal to him. Are you following me? How do we get there, though, church? How do we get there? It's God's word. God's word is the seed. God's word is, is, is we have to be in his word. We have to understand his word. We have to meditate on his word. He told Joshua, meditate. We're going to cover that in a little bit. But he says, meditate on my word. Not, let it not leave your mouth. Keep confessing my word. Keep speaking my word over your situation, and then you'll have good success, he told Joshua, right? We're going to read it here in a little bit, but, but it's God's word, and, and that word, it's actually in the Greek word, it's the word sperma is used for seed, sperma, and it is where we get our modern-day word for, you can guess it, but it's used 44 times in the New Testament in the Greek. The word sperma is, the Greek word sperma is used 44 times in the New Testament, and in Mark, it's used 44 different verses, I mean to say, and I just picked out a few to read for you today, okay? 
that we're going to cover so we can, we can study this. So Mark 4, 4 through 8 says this, And it happened as he sowed that some fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And that, that's verse 4. But that word fell right there, I looked that up in the Greek, and it means to descend from a higher place to a lower. Think about how much meaning. Jesus is teaching in the parable right here. He's telling them a story that, 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 they, that they can wrap their mind around, that they can understand. But even every little detail of every word that he says means something. God's word descended from a higher place down to us here on earth. You get what I'm saying? He, he gave it to man. Man pinned it down. But, but it's all by inspiration of God. It came from the kingdom of God. Right, the kingdom of heaven to, to, to hear to us, right? I, I'm just amazed by it. even the little word fell right there has a meaning to it. And, and five says, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And seven says, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Right? And then we skip down to verse 13 through 20. Mark, Mark 4, 13 through 20 says this. I know it's a lot of reading, but, but we need to learn about the seed today, right? We need to learn about the Word of God. It says, in 13, it says, and he said to them, do, do you not understand this parable? How will, you, how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. So the sower sows the word. The, the word is the seed. The seed, that's the seed that we need to produce in our life, to produce a fruit in our life, right? That's what I'm talking about here today. To produce that trust is what I'm talking about. We have to know God's word and understand God's word and, and, and meditate on God's word. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where, where the word is sown when they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in their hearts. 16 says, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they heard the word immediately received it with gladness and they had no root in themselves so endured only for a time. Afterward when tribulation or pressure or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble. We've seen a slew of these kind of people, right? This kind of dirt, the people, we're the dirt if you haven't caught on yet, we're the dirt. But people come into the church, they stay for a little bit, they get excited and then the slightest little thing happens, and they're right back out the door. Pressure comes against them, and they're right back out the door. 18 says that, now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness and riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word or choke the seed. And it becomes unfruitful because they care about the world, right? But these are the ones who are sown on good ground, who are sown in good soil. Right? Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Church, we're the dirt. The dirt's got to be cultivated. Think about it. Mark 4, 26 through 28, we're going to drop down a little further. And he said, and then we'll go ahead and preach. I know it's a lot of scripture today, but I think it's really good. And I know you've all heard this before, but you can't exhaust the word of God. It's 4, 26 through 28. And he said... The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and, and should sleep by the night and rise by the day and the seed should sprout and grow. Him, or he himself 
not know, him, he himself does not know. And 28 says, for the earth yields crops uh, by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain of the head, the full grain in the head. So first we get our faith, then we're a baby Christian, right? It's all phases. The word affects all phases. We have to have the word to continue to grow. We have to have the word to continue to mature, right? Then you have the mature Christian, right? It's progressive. It takes progress. And I don't care how far you came with God in your spiritual walk, you've got to continue to progress. Or we stall, right? We begin to go backwards. I don't believe that you can stall and stay in one place with God. I believe that you're either pushing forward or you're falling back, right? Progress takes discipline. Anytime you're, there's going to be progress, there's going to take discipline. The seeds will produce fruit. There's no expiration date. I, I, was, I, was, I got the seed part of this thing about the trust. I walked in and I have a basket at my house that I keep letters in, and there was a package of green bean seeds in there that I hadn't used all of. And it just jumped out at me, the seed. The word is the seed. That's how we get our trust. That's how, and if, if you're a preacher, you know that some things just hop out at you sometimes. And you know, this is part of what I'm supposed to preach about. This is what I'm supposed to bring to them. But I got to looking at that little package of seeds, and it had an expiration date on it. It expires in a couple years. The odds of that word coming up, of, of that seed coming up and producing fruit after that expiration date dramatically go down. God's word never expires. God's word is infallible. It'll work anytime you'll work it. Anytime you get it and you put it into your life and you start to apply it to your life and you start to act like the words and you start to talk like the word tells you you're supposed to talk and you never let it leave your mouth and you start, to, you start to speak the word all the time. You start to confess the word over your situation. You start to confess the word over your kids, over your marriage, over your life. That, <coughs> that word will produce fruit. <coughs> it will produce fruit. <coughs> There's no expiration date. That word will produce fruit in the kingdom of God, we'll see people saved, right? It'll also produce fruit in your life. God's word will produce fruit in your life. It produces fruit for him. It also produces fruit for us, right? But we've got to meditate on the seed, right? We've got to meditate on God's word. God's word is the seed. I'm just still talking about trust. We've got to concentrate on his word, focus on it, right? Study his word. There's a difference in just reading through it and studying out. When you're studying out, you get in your concordance, you look up meanings to words, right? You ask God for revelation of it. You ask him to show you what he wants you to know. You get what I'm saying? You take it in context. You, you, you look up other scriptures that go along with that scripture. You look at the little, little things in the middle of the page in your Bible or at the bottom of the page, wherever that in your Bible. You read, other, you, you read in other places and you find out just what it means, right? You get in there and you study it out. So we've got to do these things to meditate on God's word, to speak God's word out of our mouth. Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Church, that takes the difference in our actions, right? We've got to lay sin aside. We've got to be obedient to God. We've got to obey God. Now, we're not, we're not bound by the law, but we are bound by the Spirit. When the Spirit leads us and guides us and says, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't talk like that, or you better go over there and do this for this person, or, or whatever he tells it may be, we're bound by that. Are you following me? 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. If it shall not depart from our mouth, what are we supposed to do with it? Say it, right? Speak it. Speak it over and over, confessing God's word over and over and over and over and over and over. You don't have to read the whole Bible. I mean, it's good if you read the whole Bible. I'm not saying don't. But if we just get a verse or two, 
and speak that verse or two and speak it and speak it and speak it over our lives. For a period of time, we'll begin to get confidence in that word. We'll begin to know that word like the back of our hand. God will show us revelation of that word. He'll show us things that it means. Are you following me? Is this good to y'all? It was good for me. I don't know. I don't know. You're quiet looking at me. So not... Uh, I'll read it again. This book of the law shall not depart of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you, shall, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. You see, we're trying to have, we just want to pray a one-time prayer to God and him take care of everything for us. We want him to get up there and patch that road up and smooth it out, but we haven't taken the time to do what we're supposed to do in our lives. We haven't taken the time to take the trash out. We haven't taken the time to meditate on God's word, speaking God's word over our life, getting to know God's word, getting, getting to know God in a, in a personal, intimate relationship. Church, that's how we begin to trust in him. And it's an ongoing thing. You can't gain all your trust that you're going to need the rest of your life next week. It's got to go on continually, year after year after year. No matter how old you are in Christ, you've got to continue to go on with your meditation, go on with your prayer life, go on with all these things, right? Agreeing with the seed. <coughs> trust. Trust. <clears throat> More pressure is going to come, but we can continue to confess the word, whatever the pressure is, right? Apply the word to every aspect of our life. And when we do these things, when we're agreeing with the word, we're meditating on the word, we're renewing our mind. This is how we're renewing our mind, by getting in and, and into a personal relationship with God and learning that we can lean on him and everything, starting with small things and working to the bigger things. But we learn that we can trust in God. We, we, we get a renewing of our mind through that, right? What would happen if you, if you planted a seed out in your garden, but you went out every morning and dug it up to see if it was working? Think about that, because that's where a lot of us are at with our faith. We dig it up every day just to see if it's really working. We question God and we wonder. Think about it. If you did that with a seed, if I dug it up every day, it would never take. It would never take root. It would die. I'd kill the seed doing that. It takes faith. You've got to plant that seed in the ground and keep your faith on it. It takes faith that that seed's going to take root and it's going to grow, right? Now, we can't just put our faith in any old thing. But I can guarantee you when you're agreeing with the word of God, it will work. It will work. Don't get off your faith and say, well, maybe God didn't want that. Because when you're agreeing with God's word, he's already said it. He's already said it. You can take it to the bank. He's already, I'm not talking about name it and claim it. But when you're agreeing with what God's already said about you, hey, that's the place you can put your faith in, right? It doesn't produce fruit overnight, though. Fruit doesn't produce overnight. You know what produces overnight? You can go out and till up a piece of ground and till it up two or three times and get it where it's all just good, fresh, black dirt. And you can come out in the morning and you know what will be growing in there? A weed. You'll have weeds. That's what you'll get. If you're expecting a quick, a, a quick process, you're going to have weeds, right? We want fruit. If you put your package of seeds in the door, now I could go home and I could buy this. I could go up here to Westlake and I could buy me a package of, of green bean seeds. And if I take them home and throw them in the drawer, though, I can't get mad at God because it didn't produce. Can I? Or the manufacturer of the seed, I can't get mad at them and say, well, these green bean seeds, they're faulty. 
I didn't cultivate the dirt and put them in the dirt and have the faith and, and, that they're going to take and, and, and water the things and, and give them sunshine and all that. I just expected them to grow. Church is the same way with your Bible. You can't take it home and throw it in the drawer and be mad at God because fruit's not produced in your life. Well, preacher, it just don't work for me. I tried it and it didn't work for me. I tried it for a week. Didn't work for me. Then I guess God's a liar. I don't think so. You can't get upset with them. You can't get. You can't be upset with with God when we're not doing our part, right? <coughs> you can't. You also just can't throw seeds out in your yard. Now think about this. If I got that package of green bean seeds, and we've got pretty thick, I, we, I think we put 100 or 150 pounds of grass seed. Our, our yard's three acres, but we tilled it all up. We used Sister Rhonda's tiller wherever she's at. She's got a five-foot tiller that goes on the back of a tractor. And we tilled the whole yard up because uh, this place was a wreck when we bought it. So we tilled it all up, and then we put it on there with the spreader. We put out, I think it was 100 or 150 pounds of fescue seed out there. So we've got pretty thick grass out there in the yard. If I'd have taken those green bean seeds and just thrown them out in the front yard, think they'd have took? The dirt's got to be conditioned. The dirt's got to be prepared or that grass and those other weeds and things will just choke it out. The things that we put in front of God in our life will just choke out the seed, the word of God. It'll choke it out if we don't prepare ourselves, right? Conditioning takes discipline. Church, we've got to discipline. If we want to have full trust in God, we've got to discipline ourselves to get there. We've got to discipline ourselves to take time in prayer, to take time in the word. Are you following me? Every day, every day, spending time with him. Not letting it slip by because I got busy with this or with that. Or I had something else that was better to do. Or skipping church for any old reason. Remember that old song, Excuses, Excuses? You hear them every day. The devil will supply if the church will stay away. That song is so true. It's so true. If we want to trust in God completely and totally, if we want our faith to work like it's supposed to work, if we want our spiritual life to be like it's supposed to be, to spiritually mature like we're supposed to spiritually mature. If we want to grow up, church, we've got to put some time into it. We've got to put some elbow. My, my dad used to say, put some elbow grease in it. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline. We've got to discipline ourselves to get where we want to be. Yeah? Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Hope you all got something out of this today. Think about it. Don't forget about it. God's word is the seed. Your prayer life. It's critical. We want to trust in God. Build a relationship. Thank you, Father God, for this day, Lord. We thank you for your infallible word, Lord. We thank you that your word works every time, Daddy. We just praise your mighty name, Lord. We pray that you would just have your way in our hearts and our minds, Lord. I pray that you would soften us, Lord. Prepare us. Bring us nearer to you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would mature this church, Lord, through your word, Father God, through our relationships with you, Dad. Lord, we pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Have your way on this day, Dad. We love you. We praise you, Lord. I pray that you would keep this church safe, Lord. Keep us safe spiritually, Lord. Keep us, protect us from evil, Lord, from sin, Father. Lord, I pray that you would just draw us nearer together, Lord, in an atmosphere thick with love, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would protect us physically, Lord, financially, Lord, in every way, Daddy. Put your hedge of protection around us, Father, and bring us back here on Wednesday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.